Hello, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Woo! And we are following the delightful and gorgeous drama that is Downton Abbey. So, we have just finished watching episode four of series one. And from last week, where it was quite sort of a, a gentle, sort of like following over, it's just like a, a sort of gentle storylines. This one was packed. It was. It, it was, was like action yeah. packed. Action there was, packed. Lot, there was lots, lots, lots going, going on. on. Lots going on. So, we'll, we'll, we'll do sort of the standard formula with regard. We'll do the upstairs first, and then we'll go down to the lurky depths of downstairs. So, the storylines that were threading through um, a number, sorry, the upstairs people. Um, we have Scary Mary that is still coming to terms with Mr. Mook's untimely death. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of trying to cope with her sort of general lotting life. She's a little bit disappointed. Yes. And uh, she's getting a little bit frustrated with regards to the um, money, the estates, and everything seems to be focusing in and around Matthew. Um, They're being very polite to each other, um, but she's getting very frustrated. Um, the, the the dowager, um, she ha- goes to Matthew and asked um, if he could have a look at the legal elements of the entail um, to see if there anything that could possibly be done, um, so potentially to explain it. So he said he's very much in agreement to that, which is which is quite good, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. But also, um, sort of uh, Lord Grantham and Matthew seem to be bonding a lot more. Yeah. Well, Matthew seems to be getting more involved in the running of the, the, the estate. There's a, a project underway to refurbish some cottages that was sort of seems to be at Matthew's instigation. And that just makes it even worse for poor Lady Mary. Yeah, because Matthew is now... It's Matthew this and Matthew, Matthew that, that. And it's just a little bit... Sort of, yeah. It's a bit overwhelming for o- Overwhelming. I mean, so she's obviously had a bit of a shock. Um... And sort of her whole her whole standard in life is quite fragile. Um, I mean, she even says to Matthew, and I said, Matthew said, "All oh, right, okay. Well, what are you going to do?" Um, I said, well, "What is a lady to do?" I say, "We go up, we have lunch, we do a season, we get married. That is it." Uh, and there's also a lot of the touching on of the women's lib and right to vote. Um, and we see more of uh, Sybil in this one, mm-hmm. the youngest sister. Yeah, Sybil uh, begins to emerge from her, yes. from the shadows. Which her personality really comes to the forefront of this one because a she's empowering Gwen, um, the the maid to look elsewhere um, for career opportunities and a different life, but also it's her turn to get a dress. <laughs> much to Edith's upsetness because because they're, they're walking with uh, with Cora and saying well it's it, it's Sybil's turn to get a dress or say I say well why is it why do not I get a dress says Edith and I said well it's not your turn and Cora said well we, we say you can choose your own dress as long as it's to my yeah 
As long as I like it. As long as I like it. <laughs> so, um, so there's a little bit of a storyline with regards to Sybil um, asserting her um, lady uh, ladyship elements and also asking to do more um, for an education. Yes. Uh, she's, uh, she doesn't want a governess. She doesn't want a governess. So learn how to speak French and curtsy. Mm. <laughs> so, so she, she wants to go to a proper school. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's quite telling. I wonder, I wonder if sort of Mary had a governess, um, because I say most of the gentry, I say because she was on target to actually inherit, hopefully the the, the whole estate. We would have thought they'd have sent it to some sort of land management, or would that be just that must have been just down to the husband. Land management. Well, is it? Well, this is Edwardian England. It's, not the 21st century land management. Well, we were actually talking about this. We had a little garden soiree yesterday. Um, so you've signed up to the Open University to do, yes. a, <laughs> to, to, to do a certificate in land management. Yeah, they've yet to have television to tune in to the oh, Open University. Darn it. <laughs> darn it. But, so we were discussing this uh, around, around the garden table yesterday um, because where we live in, in Cheshire, there's a, an agricultural college where all the, the landed, sort of the... the, the, sort of the the land wealthy send their children um so if they haven't actually got a career the kit is yet sent to the agricultural college for land management because a they'll be using it for a bit of a hunting ground for a husband or a wife and um then they will go back after graduating get given a house on the land and then they'll have a role working the land but if you say yes, so well, uh, that all seems rather no, rather it's, um, uh, uh, honestly, it's elevated to to me and my humble my. my well, no, uh, it's like there, there's two life. key agricultural colleges. Um, there's one up near Fleetwood, uh, and there's one in Nantwich. So, anyway, anyway, there there we go, dear listeners. That's a little bit of history in the making. Uh, husband hunting and wife hunting in Nantwich. Anyway. Um, so, so yeah, so th- a lot's been been sort of covered with regards to sort of women's lib and feminism which is which is quite intriguing I mean, so that the the dowager looks upon it as a as a novelty um well it can be fairly assumed she's not going to approve of such modern developments no but then again she and we're not really talking about women's lib here we're talking about votes, about votes, for, w- women. W- votes for women universal yeah. suffrage Yes. Uh, however, I think, in fairness to the dowager, I think she's she is the matriarch of the whole family. What she says normally goes. And well, I would ha- I would say that we are at the cusp of a of revolution a change, here because well, what she, she says is now no longer guaranteed. No. To be uh, taken. Uh, Which, but, but then again, the dowager does uh, empower and embolden um, her granddaughters. She does. She does. Um, especially Mary, um, there does seem to be a big element of of that. Um, so I think that's quite uh, it, it, it's it, quite a lot of has been covered with regards to that. And also there was an element of that in the downstairs, but we'll get onto the downstairs mm. one. So the story is um, the sort of the linear stories for upstairs is Mary is a little bit upset, naturally so, because her standing and everything. That, that she's been prepped for for her entire life 
is being taken away or if that's what she feels like um we've got the dowager that is setting her her yeah. sort of yeah so she's continuing um she's the only one really now who is fighting holding out any any hope for uh, breaking the the, the entail um. in some way or at the very least uh liberating cora's fortune yeah from from the dowager estate so uh, much to everyone's surprise she asks um matthew who is a solicitor to to investigate on on her yeah. behalf to uh, see to see if he can see any way to 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 rescue the uh, situation was, for mary there was a really really good scene where the dowager um i say lady crawley goes to the solicitor's office and is and shown in he thinks it's going to be cora but it's actually the dowager and and she sits down on this office chair a swivel chair, <laughs> a swivel chair. <laughs> and she's never sat on a swivel chair before, before. <laughs> so, I can't remember the comment exactly, but she does make something very <laughs> rather acerbic comments about, <laughs> about modernity. Yeah, so she's yeah. she's she's looking at modernity to try to change yeah. sort of the history a little bit. But and also yeah. there's an element which is a balancing act with that because um, Matthew's mum, or was a trained nurse, um, um, the, their their butler. Um, Mr. Mosley has got sort of a red rash all over his hands, mm -hmm. and she thinks it's something something serious, serious. a serious infection. And Ram raised the hospital's sort of medicine cabinet, and it doesn't seem to say so what she she diagnoses. Yeah. So, so so yeah. So she she diagnoses a particular ailment and um, comes up with tincture of silver and something else with steel in it, and none 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 of it works. So they end up going back to to actually see the actual doctor just when when Violet is is there and because she's you know she might she might wear a fancy dress but she's clearly has been a, a country woman yes all her all her life um she takes great delight in correctly Diagnose. diagnosing it as a as a, 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 an allergic reaction to to rue yeah. um because Mosley's been helping his father in d digging up a rue hedge. And the, and the herb garden, because now his mum's passed, is he's helping his father sort of, sort of re re redo the geography of the farm. Um, so, so, yes. And, uh, and, uh, and Violet has, a, has great delights in sort of walking a little bit taller. Yeah, with a, <laughs> with a, with a bit of a smirk. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a smirk on her face. Yes. So obviously, even though even though there's clearly a bit of a conflict of uh, you know conflict there, Matthew does actually uh, do what the the, the the countess asked him to do, and mm -hmm. he does he does do a bit of investigation, and he's coming up a blank. But I've been rather reluctant just to go straight to to Violet to tell her that he he confides in in Lord Grantham about a what he's been asked to look at and also that the fact is that he just can't um find any any loophole to to get to get them out of out of that situation so so the only the only thing that can save mary is to marry matthew and that's what lord grantham basically tells her but um she's not too happy she's about not that. thrilled at the prospect 
not necessarily i think i think she's warming to yeah to to matthew but she just doesn't want to be put in a position of being forced to marry anyone which seems fair enough to me mm. yeah i mean it's i i i do feel for for mary because she's She's tied to conventions and the sort of traditions. Um, she's pushed back a little bit. Obviously, there was a lot previous episode with Mister Pamuk, but now what she's been promised and brought up to to believe, it's being taken away from mm. her. So um, basically, her sort of her rights and her future are all being sort of crashed around them, um, and it's sort of it's a good sort of parallel with regards to so the right to vote and the suffragette suffragette movement um so so it's very so it's incredibly a well done episode and mm-hmm. um, we so we also meet, meet the the new chauffeur so are we are we going downstairs now well there's a little bit of this downstairs because the, the chauffeur that has, is arrives yeah. and so it, tom and branson tom branson has is arrived. an irish chap um, um so we first see him when he's ushered in into the library, into the library to, to to see Lord Grantham and be well formally welcomed and offered when he makes a, 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 a sort of a passing comment on the library and Lord Grantham says, "Well, you can borrow any books you like." Yeah, it's just a, fill out the ledger, which everyone has to do when uh, they borrow a book. And just Hughes let Mister Hughes know. Yeah, what are you? What are you interested in? Oh, history and politics, which um, that. That um, arouses Lord Grantham's in- interest. Mm. A politically um, motivated Irishman in the, the Edwardian <laughs> times. What I would don't, I can't think what's what, <laughs> what's what's going to happen. What's going to come of that? So, and, and he, he seems to slot. Say he seems to s- slot in really, really well to to the family and. Um, there's a little bit of a sort of like mm, power play downstairs. Well, Miss O'Brien predictably doesn't take life doesn't to take, change. Doesn't take doesn't take well to him, and particularly the f- that he sort of turns up in the servants' quarters where he shouldn't be. He should be in the in his own quarters or or in the in the garage, not not cluttering up the servants' quarters because the uh, the chauffeur gets his own cottage. Apparently, mm. so often it was a, a, a sort of like a flat above the above the garage. Mm. So it's a, yeah. So I think that um, so he so, so there's a bit of a, a quiver of excitement. Um, I mean, a handsome young uh, yes. young chauffeur in uh, livery. Mm. And the story also goes that the fair has come into Downton, the village of Downton, and uh, they the the the, the the, the downstairs staff are all going to go to said village, and Daisy is like, "Oh yes, I'd like to go." And the there, there was a, a quite a dashing under butler, um, who you're going to give me his name, William. William. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so William, we've I think we've seen over the last few episodes. William is quite it's quite smitten is, with yeah, Daisy. It's quite keen on Daisy. Daisy, unfortunately, <laughs> is rather keener on Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> um, and. Sort of William, on 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 you know uh, ill advisedly, um, asks whether or not he should ask Daisy to go to the fair, and and then as soon as Daisy comes, Thomas is there when he yeah. uh, sort of 
broaching the subject. And when Daisy arrives, Thomas immediately and true to form jumps right in there and asks Daisy to go to the fair with him. him. Yes, much too just and that's pure. Uh, it's just, there's no, there's no doubt about it's it. Pure, it's pure, pure maliciousness. It's pure yes. spite. Yes, so not very pleasant. Boo, 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 boo. hiss, boo hiss. Uh, and Daisy is incredibly smitten, and then there was is talking to Mrs. Patmore, and Mrs. Patmore saying, "He's he's no, not a ladies' man. He's not a ladies' man." Yeah. And Daisy does not have a clue what she's referring to. Says, "Well, isn't isn't that a good thing that he's not going to go running after other women?" <laughs> and uh, he's Mrs. a troubled soul. Mrs. Patmore gives up in the end because yeah. without actually coming straight out and saying exactly what she means, poor Daisy's not going to not going to twig. <laughs> And Mrs. Hughes, Mrs. Hughes, we have a, she steps up, there's a, a, a lot of centred around Mrs. Hughes, mm. the, the housekeeper. Yeah. And, uh, so there's a, there's a bit of mystery, because Mrs. Hughes is, is <gasps> leaving the house. Leaving the house. And she's visiting the fair on her own. Mm. So, what, she, there's a lot of speculation about and that, what's she, she up to? She meets up with an old flame. Yes. So it turns out that Mrs. Hughes, when she went into service, she was a farmer's daughter and she was dating a farmer. And he proposed, but because she was doing very well in service, she decided to decline his proposal of marriage and and dedicate her a marriage to service. And I mean, there was elements of the day where when she was going away saying, oh, should I meet up? Should, should I should I leave the house? And everything she was doing to insert herself in, everything was running so super smoothly. And then she was, I think that's, that was like a bit of a question mark on herself. And that was really well played. And so she goes to, to, to meet up with this chap. And uh, he's very smitten. And he's staying in the local, local inn and um, reproposes. His, his wife, unfortunately, passed away two to three years previously. So he always knew there was an old flame and then has sort of resurrected that. And Mrs. Hughes is a little bit tempted because she leaves the house to meet up with him for the first time and everything seems to go swimmingly without her. Um, however, in, in her absence, everything goes to pot. <laughs> Anna, Anna take, takes to her yeah, bed. So Anna's caught a cold. So she's, she's had to go to bed. Uh, Mrs. Hughes has asked Miss O'Brien as being the next sort of senior person in the in the pecking order, order to to look after for just like for a couple of hours, hours just to to look after the other she's cinderella she's being asked to sort the peas out from the rice it's she totally goes goes overboard and of course because anna and she's feeling a bit harassed because uh, because anna's got cold uh, she now has, has been asked to to dress the, the girls, the daughters, as well as her lady her ladyships, and she's not thrilled with that. It turns out now Sybil's not mm. thrilled about that either, since she describes Miss O'Brien as an odious woman. <laughs> because Gwen will say, "What?" Well, I say, Gwen walks in and says, "I've got a message to give Sybil, uh, la- uh, Lady Sybil," and and Mrs O'Brien is is excused, and the reason why Gwen has interrupted them is that. After her typewriting escapade, she applied for a job, and she had a reference which was given by Lady Sybil, and uh, she's been called for an interview, 
and Lady Sybil is conspiring, saying, right, okay, look, Anna's been unwell, so, so you can potentially sort of take a little bit of a sick leave, say enough time to actually go and interview for this position. So Gwen is like really nicely conferring and sort of really quite buoyant about that. Um, and Sybil is sort of in between that, that time has gone and got a dress and she's not even offered Gwen her, an old dress of hers for because uh, we work out that they recycle the clothing so I we work out that let Lord Grantham um so if the, the Mr. Hughes is it Mr. Hughes yes Mr. Hughes isn't it no who's Mr. Hughes who are you talking um, about um and uh Mr. Bates right so I am getting there dear listeners um much to the exasperation of the delightful rob uh, so, so um he's we still don't have the top trumps by the way in case, still you're, don't have in, in case you're you're, in, you're, you're, you're you're interested they've they've not made an appearance yet. no I, I haven't quite quite got around to doing that um too many too many garden parties yes. and talk of agricultural colleges and landowners um so um it turns out that they do recycle the clothing so the the butlers get first dibs on clothing that is that is, it is gone and then it goes to uh, either uh, charity uh, or they get shipping out the stiff collars to Africa or, or some <laughs> some sort of comment because uh, Mr Bates was was stiffening the the collars uh, around the table when they were discussing the bits well, and pieces. I mean clearly there is a desperate need for for starched collars <laughs> in, hot in, in, in a hot climate I mean I mean, really, we have to we have to maintain some standards in the empire. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, so that, that that was super super interesting. But unfortunately, Gwen does not get the position because they cancel yeah, they, they cancel the interview because they find someone more suitable, more suitable. So, which is quite sad. Yes, really. and she's very upset about it. Mm. So, but Lady Sybil is being very, sort of very good and very supportive mm-hmm. and i think we all need to have a champion we all need a lady sybil yeah we all need a lady sybil or we all need be a more champion s- be more sybil well but then again so anna was very supportive to mary because obviously so she approaches uh on an earlier scene sort of anna approaches lady mary and the rest of the staff yeah so this is at the fair this is at the fair when i was just doing a setup and sort of Lady Mary confides in Anna because Anna's a, a confidant because mm. she was one of those people that moved Mr Pamuk yeah. <laughs> to the bachelor's wing. Yeah, yeah. And I think she spends a lot of time, you know, you, you can't sort of look after someone in the way that she looks after the daughters, mm. and, you know, without spending a lot of time with them and becoming becoming appropriately family. appropriately close but not obviously not inappropriately close but appropriately close yeah so and i think that's very true because you there was a few really lovely uh, and delicious scenes with uh, lord grantham and uh, mr carson um because so little grantham looks at uh, mr carson it's with yeah, the, ex- the exchange they, they ex- the, you see it quite often actually that that Lord Grantham and Carson will exchange looks, uh, uh, knowing knowing looks, particularly when you know Violet is doing or saying something especially egregious. <laughs> um, but but um, yeah, but Violet of of always tries to involve Carson in her in her acerbic comments, and he usually he usually plays along. 
with it with it admirably and, and, and agrees with whatever nonsense she's because uh, Mr. Carson is, it was a little bit sniffy about the fair, but obviously because he was in the performing, the well, cheeky yes, Charlie's. We know, yes, we now know that he's he's got history. He's he's got form in that in that respect. So he's probably not wanting to be reminded of his of his previous <laughs> life on the music halls. <laughs> so it, it it is really it is really quite delicious. But Mrs. Hughes, going back to Sir Mrs. Hughes, she um. She's swithering whether to accept the um, uh, the proposal, and she's coveting a lot of the lot of the, 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 the sort of uh, stand where you sort of coconut the shy. coconut shy, shy. She she's sort of he is she's won a a little sort of sort of straw doll of some descriptions. Mm-hmm. She's holding that, and she's talking. She's talking to um, let's say Mr. Carson, and. He looks a little bit disappointed. There is, a, like I say, it's for, lots of foreshadowing going on there because um, she explains that she met up with a chap and, and and he automatically assumes and assumes right that she's had a proposal, and there seems to be an element of disappointment, but also also are you going to get married? Are you going to leave? And uh, um, because obviously. So she's she's now realizing that she is an important cog in the running of the house because there's a few scenes uh, in between her proposal and uh, sort of and and sort of giving her results or, or decision to the um, widowed farmer and that she is a, an important rung but there was elements you, you could see that she was swithering one way or the other which. But I think she chose right, because there are lots of nice things to happen to Mrs. Hughes in the future. Yeah. Now that co- this particular coconut shy is actually a pivotal pivotal place in in a number of a number of scenes because we also have a scene at the coconut shy with um, with Mary, with, with Lady Mary, and and cousin cousin Matthew, Matthew, where we see some evidence of them perhaps getting a little bit. Intimate, closer. Well, let's not let's not let's not jump. Yes, let's no. not go right down the the intimate rabbit hole. But there, there seems to be some indication that they're they're becoming a little bit. Their estrangement is yeah. is, is um, declining a little bit. Well, I don't think Mary's as prickly. No, um, and I think it, it was noticeable in the previous episode with Mister Pamuk that. When Matthew Matthew thought that the, the daughters would be flung at him, and admittedly, yes, yes. but they either either flung or flung themselves. Yes, uh, so Edith, Edith was, was e- a, a bit of a flinger. Yes, <laughs> and uh, as she's uh, uh, she's she, she's been sort of uh, relegated to just cousin status, uh, but he he was under the understanding that Mary would be sort of flinging herself or flung, but. She has shown disinterest, and also when he was trying to have a conversation with her at the dinner party last last episode, um, she was more interested in Mr. Pamuk, and then she said, "Well, everyone was more interested in Mr. Mr. Pamuk. Pamuk." Yes, and it's still reference. How dare you die? <laughs> so, so there was a lot. There was a lot going on. So, Mrs. Hughes lets the farmer down. So it's it's quite sad, but mm-hmm. not unexpected. Um, she's still wondering, have I made the right decision or not? But 
um, when she says to Carson that, that what, what's happened and he sort of looks a little bit relieved and then there's a, there's a hoo-ha going on with Patmore wanting, wanting access to the, um, the, the food stocks cupboard and she's the only one with the key. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she likes her element of authority. Yes. Um, but yeah. also sort of it's, it, she's familiar with, with her life. Yeah. and doesn't want that to change, which is understandable. Mm. And speaking of keys and food stocks and so on, we we, we very briefly see Mr. Carson um, taking a, doing his stock take mm. of the of the wine cellar and discovering that there's less red Saint Julien uh, wine than he was expecting. Now we don't, that doesn't go any further in this no, episode, I, 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 but I, I think we can see there might be a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah, what might occur. say? What what is happening? To is the somebody is somebody someone. getting drunk in the wine cellar? Yeah, but who would that be? Who would that be? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate because that would be wrong. No, but oh yeah, and th- you just wonder who who would do such a thing, and you think, mm, well, I'm not going to speculate because no. that would be wrong. But dear listeners, you can. <laughs> So, so the, this episode was quite jam-packed, and it was it it, it rolls along delicious at a delicious pace, and it sort of sets the characters up a little bit more. Well, we certainly begin to learn a bit more about some characters that you know, and that, uh, that we haven't been introduced to as much, and that's just the way that it has to go in these sort of ensemble pieces that that we're introduced to certain key characters early on, but then other characters then become more to the forefront once once mm. the earlier characters are established. So so we're learning more. We're learning that Lady Sybil has a little bit of a um, revolutionary... Um, yes, girl power, girl uh, both, hashtag. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, Sybil, Sybil has her, she's got some like, Trouser suit, as well, she, as some she, sort of balloony type of outfit. Yes, which is sort of reminding us, I guess, that we're not quite, we're not in the nineteen twenties just yet, but um, there's definitely a bit of a, a sort of a, a proto flapper kind of uh, uh, yeah thing going on going on there <laughs> exactly. with a, a <laughs> harem harem pants or whatever you would do, however you would call them. And Branson really sort of is looking through the window when she comes in with her headband and this glorious technicolored jade and jewel bejeweled like colored uh, pantaloons or something. Pantaloons. <laughs> in fairness it looked like <laughs> so when I used to do we swimming awards and you had to inflate your pajamas just <laughs> to a V slightly to take them off and sort of tie a knot in either end of the and then inflate them. So you had to take your pajamas off. Yeah, yeah, you had to you had to jump in in pajamas. Did you have, did you have anything on underneath your pajamas? Yeah, yeah, you had your trunks on. Oh, right, well, that's yeah, so, well, so, what school so, did you so go he, to? That was you had, to, you had to jump in with your pajamas, take the pajama bottoms off, uh, tie a knot in either in, in the ends and the bottom of the trouser mm. legs, and then. Bring the waist together, inflate it because the water would would would, 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 would the, the air would trap in there, and then you used to be able to put your chin in the groinal area and float. <laughs> right. So so what, so what so what would happen if you got into uh, trouble in water and you weren't wearing pajamas? 
I don't know. I think jeans would be a really difficult one, especially yeah. if someone's got these really tight well, I mean, ones. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you know, wet wet jeans are like horrible, and they're really, really horrible to, to. I imagine they'd probably do the same way because it's still that like, you'd have to have a. They say it still inflates, but I mean, you'd be too busy trying to get out of the water than trying to inflate your pajamas or your yeah. trousers. I think you'd, you'd, I'd have I'd probably drowned by the time I managed to even get the flipping jeans right. all. Maybe that should be a good lesson to people to have long johns so you can take off everything and then you can inflate your long johns just in case that could be a preserver or just take around water wings with you everywhere you go. <laughs> yes. or, or a float. Yes. <laughs> or do what I do and just don't go near water. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, this episode, dear listeners, what did you think? Please do let us know. We're on all social media platforms, the good ones, at at Antique Dust. Um, uh, We'd love to know any of your Downton stories. Down, down. No, it's slightly different, isn't it? Yeah, that's Petula Clark. (laughs) Is she a guest? (laughs) So, anyway, dear listeners, it's been a pleasure, and it's farewell from me, Jonathan. And it's goodbye from me, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye.